Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Tuesday, January 9th. Hope you are doing well. I feel like I've been away from the podcast medium for a while. We had the uh, um, Deeper and Wider podcast, which we will be uh, recording again today and we'll be releasing tomorrow. And so I got to speak to you a little bit during that, but uh, Pastor Asa jumped in uh, for podcast last week and uh, that was great super helpful stuff uh, from my perspective I was really thankful for that but I uh, feel like between missional Monday and Pastor Asa's week I haven't talked to you for a while and so uh, it's great to be back with you it was great to be with so many of you on Sunday uh, even though we had the uh, weather event I know that kept many home that uh, maybe would have been there otherwise and so uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you in the new year as well as you come back in uh, but it was good to be together and good to uh, step into this short series um, that could be a, uh, a in a very very long series. We're intentionally doing it a little bit shorter of this uh, three week series that um, we're uh, we're engaging. We're calling the dance of God, and we're uh, looking at the Trinity. This uh, this idea of perichoresis, a uh, circle dance, or a uh, even more intimate than that is. Uh, this circular connection where God is uh, three persons who are in one another in a way that uh, we can't possibly fully understand. And that was uh, part of Sunday where we tried to kind of dive into some of the theory of uh, the Trinity. And uh, it was a bit more, particularly the first half, a bit more lecture than I would have liked. Uh, and uh, uh, a, a lot of just kind of information that we needed to have and uh, needed to kind of get on the same page. And uh, the second half of the message on Sunday, and then uh, hopefully the next two weeks will be uh, a lot more helpful in terms of uh, real application. Uh, the uh, the question that I was uh, talking about coming out of Daryl Johnson's book, Experiencing the Trinity, which is uh, the very best thing out there in terms of like short, easy to engage, but uh, really, really helpful writing on the Trinity. I think it's uh, uh, just really, really a, a great resource. Uh, but Daryl Johnson asked two questions as part of that book. One of them is, uh, what does it all mean? And the second one is, what does it all matter? And uh, we're going to spend a lot of time on what does it all matter over the next uh, couple weeks as we uh, dig in. And we spent a little bit of time in that what does it all matter uh, question on Sunday. Um, but there was a lot of theory and there was a lot of um, trying to understand the, um, the impossible to understand, right? The, um, the challenge of trying to get our heads around what is uh, too much for us to really get our heads around. And uh, that's been the, the work of the, um, uh, of the, the uh, process of trying to, uh, to get the Trinity. You know, I have uh, spent a ton of time uh, reading and engaging and thinking and processing and trying to understand how the Trinity works. And um, with, with, uh, as, a, as a pastor, what you want to be able to do is um, illustrate something in a way that just makes sense and uh, helps people to grab hold of it. And there is no illustration for the Trinity. There's no possible way to do that because um, there, it's, it's impossible for us to get our heads around what's actually, uh, what's actually happening uh, in the Trinity because it's, uh, it's God. Uh, he's God. He's, uh, he's so far above and beyond us. 
And so what I want to do today and on our Thursday podcast is uh, talk through the implications of two different phrases that are at the end of the Athanasian Creed. If you were with us on Sunday, I read through the first half of the Athanasian Creed, which is the part that is dealing with the Trinitarian nature of God. And um, there are parts of it that are really tough to get, um, but there are some. There are two phrases at the back end of what we looked at on Sunday that I think are helpful, and they are the the admonition to worship, the uh, worship God, and the the phrases that are used are in uh, unity in the Trinity and uh, in the Trinity in their unity. Uh, basically, the idea that uh, we worship a God who is uh, unified, but is also separated, but we also worship a God who is separate and unified. And I think if we look at those as two different kind of ways to look at the body of Christ, who, uh, as uh, the, the case that we started to make on Sunday and we'll make here in the next couple of weeks, is that we are invited into the life of the Trinity, that um, the, Trinita- the nature of the Trinity is important for us to get because we're invited into it, because that's the, the um, characteristics that define our lives as well. If that's the case, then the church is also in some way um, unified in its many parts and uh, glorified in its many parts which are unified. And so um, I I want us to just look at those different, and I know that sounds confusing, um, but um, I want to start today by talking about unity in their trinity. Um, The idea that God is glorified in his oneness uh, even though he is three distinct persons, and those three distinct persons are, um, are are different and yet the same, they have their own personalities and they have their own um, kind of work that they're doing, um, but they're also unified. They're also the the same. And uh, again, one of the things that I uh, have said for years is. Um, if you talk about the Trinity for more than about 90 seconds, you get very quickly into heresy. And so I don't want to try to explain that again. I tried to use my words carefully on Sunday. So go back and listen to that. Don't listen to what I'm saying right now. But um, the idea of unity in their Trinity is that um, God is glorified by his differences that tie in with the fact that the, those differences allow him to be united. And um, I, I think that's a beautiful picture of what it is for us to be the church, particularly as we go into 2024 and the promise of a lot of uh, uh, tension in the church. Uh, the the fact that we are moving into a presidential election year and a major election year for uh, the um, uh, congressional districts as well, um, it promises to be difficult for us to... Um, to navigate that as not just our church, but the church, the church more broadly in North America. And there are also significant issues that we disagree on, um, whether they be political issues, whether they be theological issues, whether they just be personal issues. There are things that we just, uh, we don't see the same way. I have conversations all the time with people who have, for whatever reason, um, uh, 
believed something that I just think, man, I would, I don't even see how you can possibly believe that or how you can possibly engage that. And yet they do. And, um, what does it mean for us to have unity in our diversity or uh, in the words of the creed unity in their Trinity? What does it mean for us to be unified anyway? And I think the core of unity, and you've heard me say this a lot on the podcast, this podcast over the years is that, um, unity means that not that we agree on everything. Uh, that's a, a, the the Trinity concept allows distinctions. Of course, there are distinctions between people and parts of the body of Christ. But unity means that there is something central that draws us together. And this is, of course, where the analogy breaks down with the Trinity, because God himself is not just a thing that draws them together, but he is actually uh, himself unified. But as a church, we're unified around him. We're unified around the, um, the heart of what it means to be invited into the Trinity, um, I, I adopted as sons and daughters. And uh, in that adoption, we don't always agree with all of our brothers and sisters. We don't always have uh, the same uh, perspective on every single issue as our brothers and sisters. And, and what that means are two things. One, that we unify around what is most important. And most important is the glory of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. And so we're unifying around him, who he is and what he's done and, and what that means for us. But it also means that we don't insist that everyone needs to believe in the same way that we believe. Uh, there are absolutely a variety of different ways to believe. And rather than making secondary issues a litmus test as to whether you're a true believer or not, we need to be willing to celebrate the fact that we're different. We need to be willing to say to one another, like, that's not where I am, and, and that's okay. I'm not going to try to convince you to believe what I believe, and I'm not going to um, be convinced by you to believe what you believe. It's, it's okay. Uh, it's okay that we see things differently because the core of what we believe, that Jesus is Lord and that he's invited, uh, inviting us into the life that is abundant in him, the, those things are held together. That's the, that's the center and so we, we may have different opinions on even what that abundant life looks like. We may have different opinions, certainly, on what it looks like for us to, as a society, live into that abundant life. We may have different opinions on things like what does it look like to live in a free democratic society. We may have different opinions on what it means to be a part of the global order. And there are all kinds of things where we are going to have disagreement. But that's part of the diversity. The unity that we have in our diversity or the unity in the Trinity is that uh, we're unified around the person of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you as we move into 2024 to consider not what separates us, but what unifies us. To consider what it means for us to be a diverse body, uh, us, York Alliance, and uh, us, the church uh, more broadly, the universal church in, uh, in America and in the world, what does it mean for us to be a diverse body who are unified around the, the heart of who Jesus is? That's what it means for us to have unity in our diversity and to worship God who is unity in his trinity. 
All right, that was long because there's so much information here. Sorry about that. Uh, I'll try to uh, trim it up for Thursday. But uh, until then, may the grace and peace of Jesus be yours. May you experience his goodness, uh, his faithfulness, and his unity in his trinity uh, flowing through you by his spirit, transforming you and flowing to the world around you. Have a great rest of the day. And uh, I will be back with you on the Deeper and Wider podcast tomorrow and uh, then back with you on our normal podcast on Thursday. Grace and peace to you.